Today on Rooted Daily, we look for some help in fighting suicide. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God, you can weather the storms of life, and you can bear fruit. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we are turning to the Bible for some kind of guidance to fight back against what is taking away young people and our friends and our preachers and our elders. And we become more and more aware of how unimmune the church is to suicide, it seems, with each passing day. And especially when this happens among Christians. It's devastating, not just for the immediate family or even the immediate congregation, but for the Lord's church as a whole. We know we're not supposed to revere men, that preachers and and Bible class teachers and elders and deacons and our Christian friends in the church, they're humans too. They struggle with the same things that we struggle with. But it still hits especially hard when one of them makes the decision to end their life. We look to them as people who are supposed to understand the meaning of this life and the importance of it most of all. And when they take their lives, we start to wonder, if they can't do this, how can I? So as Christians, we need to confront the threat of suicide from two directions. One is outward and one is inward. Now, on the outward side, we are the only people on earth who can say why this life truly has meaning. There are incredible organizations out there who can help people who are struggling with depression and, and suicidal thoughts, and they absolutely should be used alongside Bible study and prayer and the help of other Christians. But as much good as they do, they will never be able to give a sufficient answer for why this life matters. Only the Bible can truly do that. Now, some might say that a sense of purpose in the world or helping people or family, those are all reasons that this life has meaning. But Solomon, he had all of those things. And he wrote in Ecclesiastes, it was like he was chasing after the wind. In fact, Ecclesiastes might be the best book in the world to share with those struggling to see any point in this world, because that is exactly what Solomon did. He didn't sugarcoat things. He didn't give any pep talks. He lays it out like it is. There is injustice and pain and death and poverty. And even when you have all the wisdom and power and fame and fortune in the world, it still seems pointless because it's only temporary. Without God, we can't face that reality with any hope. The point of Ecclesiastes is to face the meaninglessness of the world to show why we need God so much. God gives me purpose. He gives me meaning. And that's why we can read some of the most incredible promises for our lives only in Scripture. Romans 8.38 says, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Or what Jesus said and was recorded in Matthew 17, 20. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Or what Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful 
who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You know, for me, those verses transfer more hope than anything I could ever think up to tell someone on my own. And when we are facing the threat of suicide outwardly, I know that's where we need to start. It's hard, actually, in fact, it might be impossible to find the right words to say. Because on its own, this world is devoid of hope. It's only when we let God come into the picture and his word come into the picture that we can show people just how valuable they are and the incredible plans that God has for their lives. Now, we turn inward. Maybe that's looking into the church, people you greet every Sunday, but they're struggling underneath the surface. Or maybe it's looking inward into your family, your kids, your spouse, your parents, or maybe it's inward for yourself. In fact, you know, sometimes the people who give so much hope to others are the ones being overlooked as needing this help. We look at the still recent death of Robin Williams. He was someone who embodied hope, yet that outward face was deceiving. Or for the deaths of pastors and preachers who we hear about committing suicide, it seems like every single week now. How do we look inward if we are one of those people who spend their lives giving hope to others, even when they're feeling hopeless, or if we're very close with one of those people. It seems that the general default approach for Christians is to sweep this kind of inward reckoning under the rug. Yeah, a study by uh, the American Association of Christian Counselors found that church leaders were aware of the risk of suicide for an individual and in the months leading up to that suicide in only four percent of churchgoers who commit suicide. Church members knew about another 4%. So that's about a tenth of the suicides among self-described Christians, people who go into church, not strangers, members that the leader knew anything about before it happened. Now, after a suicide happened, most of those families said the church did step up. Among families where a churchgoer uh, committed suicide, 49% said that uh, someone prayed with them. 43% said a member visited the funeral. 41% said um, people visited in a home. 32% they received cards or meals. And 30% said that the church stayed in touch after the funeral. And, and those still seem like stunningly low figures for me, but that's for another day. The point I want to make now is the difference between prevention and reaction. Christians, we should be relentless in our pursuit of giving people hope, not after something like this happens, before. We should stop at nothing to show people the love of Jesus and comfort them the way that Christ comforted me, according to 2 Corinthians 1.4. The church is for the broken, and it's so easy to overlook that fact. It's easy to see everyone in their masks, their Sunday best, and forget that each and every person is here because we realized we were unworthy, but God made us worthy. Looking inward, that means we need to be someone people feel comfortable taking their mask off with. And if I had to try to guess at God's intention for making us all priests in his church, this is probably one of them. Not everyone's going to feel comfortable coming and talking to me about what's going on in their life. I'm never going to be that person. I'd like to work at being more approachable, but it's okay if I'm not everyone's confidant. 
God built a church where we can all rely on one another. You know, looking at ourselves, this also means that I need to be willing to put down my mask and confide my struggles in someone. One of the greatest pieces of advice I got when I first started preaching full-time was to find someone outside of the congregation I could call when I needed it. And maybe that's what you need to find someone you can rely on. This life is too hard to go alone. If you are struggling, find help. Find help professionally. Find help in prayer. Find help in the hope of God's word. And find help in Christians you can trust with your life. And that's what we're that's what we should be trusted with, according to 1 John 3:16. Finally, I want to finish with addressing the fear that we face when talking about suicide. Suicide is terrifying. It's a matter of life and death. Now, we should realize that's really every conversation we have as Christians. Whenever we're talking to someone who is still weighed down by the chains of sin, it is a matter of life and death. It's urgent. But suicide is final. There's no room for course correction. And so, and this certainly applies to me, Christians are afraid of helping people who are struggling with this desire to end their lives. And so we've been told just to hand it over entirely to the professionals. And there are great resources out there uh, and we should use them and we should rely on people who have this training for a moment of crisis. But Christians must not give up our duty to comfort the hopeless. You know, remember that as good as those professional resources may be, they can't give real life-giving hope. Only Christ can do that. And only when Christians are willing to tell people about him. Christ has commissioned you and me to show people the hope of life, both out in the world and right here at home. So root yourself in Christ. See the incredible purpose he has given your life and share that purpose with everyone you meet. And that'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. And I'm looking forward to sitting down and studying God's word with you next time. Thank you so much for stopping for this episode of Rooted Daily. It is so important to take a few minutes to root ourselves in Christ and in his word. I'm so glad you did it with us today. If you think that it's important that others hear this good news, make sure to hit the share button and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app. It helps us reach more and more people with the message of Jesus every day. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Christ, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com right now.